You are now listening to What the Hell, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate your way to better health. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 64 of What the Health. I'm your host, Lena Lahire, and today we're going to be talking about starting small to get big health benefits. You know, I think one of the biggest mistakes that people make when it comes to their health journey, whether you're starting or whether you're already well into it, is that we forget how amazing the basics really are. And we like to overcomplicate things and we like to do as much as we can, as quick as we can. Like we want to change everything now. And usually that is a recipe for disaster. And in order for health to be maintainable over a long period of time, we need to start at the foundation and we need to master all of these simple steps before we get more complex. I liken it I liken it to building a house. Like you wouldn't just put up the frames. I'm not a house builder, I don't really know that much about building houses. But like you wouldn't put up the frames without building a foundation first. Like normally like foundations are being built and you know like what the house is is built on goes in place before the house is erected. So we need to look at our health much in the same way as why would we build like, you know, those things like the walls, (laughs) the walls, why would you construct the actual house if you didn't even have the foundation built? And with our health, why would you focus on the complex things when you can't even master the simple things? So that's what we're here to talk about today in a long winded way. We are going to go over some of these fundamental, foundational aspects of health that we need to master in order to progress on to the next level. The number one thing that I recommend all of my clients when they start their health journey or if they're already in it is to focus on sleep. If we do not focus on our sleep, everything else will suffer. So when we have one night of sleep deprivation, our immune system is negatively influenced. And if our immune system is negatively influenced, then we get sicker quicker. It also affects our hormones when we have disrupted sleep. It affects our cravings. So we're more likely to reach for those sugary, carby, fatty, salty foods. Sleep also affects our mood. So we're less likely to make good decisions and be happy and generally have a positive outlook on life, which affects everything else. So we need to make sure that we have good sleep hygiene. And that means having a regular schedule, not staying up until midnight, one o'clock in the morning, and then getting up at like seven, eight o'clock. I mean, when, even if you get eight hours when you're going to bed, you know, past 10 or 11, our sleep quality diminishes. So it's so important to get to sleep at a decent time and to create a schedule. Going to sleep at the same time and getting up at the same time, preferably. That is what we need to focus on first and foremost. If you cannot even achieve 
getting seven to eight hours of high quality sleep a night, you can't progress on to something else because it will all suffer eventually. Like you can try, but that should be like your number, number, number one priority before anything else is sleep. Guys, this is the chance that our body gets to regenerate and repair not just our brain, but our whole body. Other ways that we can improve our sleep quality is by not consuming caffeine too late in the day. I always recommend like no caffeine after noon because caffeine's got a shelf, a half-life. So it stays in our body well before or well later than we actually think it does. And it can be affecting your sleep. So if you're if you're drinking coffee at like two o'clock in the afternoon, it could still be in your system, floating around in your system when you are trying to go to bed and that could affect your sleep. Another thing that affects our sleep quality is eating too late. If you eat a big meal or if you eat kind of anything, your body is going to put at least a little bit of its energy that it would be using on regeneration and repair. It's going to be putting that into digesting your food. This is not what we want when we sleep. So optimally, we should have at least three hours. I'm going to say three hours for sure, if not like four. Between three and four hours of not eating before we go to bed. This is different for children. I'm not talking about children. I'm talking about adults. You're a grown adult listening to this. So you can stand to not eat. For three to four hours. If you are starving before bed, you feel like you need to eat, you should assess what you ate that day. Because if you didn't eat enough or you ate too much carby, carby, sugary kind of foods, then yeah, I'm not surprised. You're probably going to be hungry because your blood sugar is out of whack. That's that's for another, another, maybe down the road, maybe, maybe still in this podcast, but we're not getting to blood sugar right yet. We're still on good sleep hygiene. So we want to make sure that we're eating properly during the day so we're not feeling this constant need to snack at night. And lots of the time we're not even hungry. It's just a bad habit that we've built. So we want to get that under control. So make sure that you are going to bed at the same time, getting up at the same time, not eating too close before bed. Give yourself three to four hours and setting limits on screen time. Because the blue light emitted from our screens affects our hormones when it comes to sleep. It affects our melatonin production and we need melatonin to fall asleep. So if you have some artificial light coming in, then it's going to affect your melatonin production. It's going to affect your sleep quality. The other thing that's very helpful is to make sure that your room is both cold and dark. We also need darkness. Which, which is what I was just talking about with your cell phone, but we need a dark environment to fall asleep. So do everything that you can to black out your room because that will kickstart your circadian rhythm into thinking, okay, now it's time to wind down. It's dark. I want to follow that. Cold. Our body doesn't like to go to sleep when it's too warm. You ever woke up sweating? It's not pleasant. It's not pleasant at all. Also, being too cold isn't pleasant for some people, but you need to have the room at the right kind of temperature, like not too warm and on the verge of a little too cold, but not like so much that you can't fall asleep. It's really important to have dark, cold, belly that's empty, 
predominantly empty. And that's all really going to affect your sleep. Okay, that's sleep. We got sleep. Number one priority, sleep. Number two, we're going to look at movement, exercise. I know we're not going to food yet because food is a whole complex kind of web. And it's hard to... um. It's hard to kind of weed through what works for one compared to what works for another. So let's just focus on movement. 30 minutes of movement, moderate activity, every day. Every day. You need to move every single day. I personally recommend people start with 30 minutes of walking. If you could get at least 30 minutes of walking or some kind of aerobic activity a day, that's preferable. Anywhere from 30 30 minutes to one hour of like moderate intensity. And then the next one I would add in is something like strength training because we know that we need to increase our muscle mass. Our muscle mass and our bone density decreases after the age of 30 and weightlifting, weight-bearing exercises is one of those ways that we can increase both muscle and bone density. And then I just choose a movement that you love. Like... I love Pilates. I love that like really just feeling strong, but not like thrashing myself. I used to love like HIIT training and I don't love HIIT training anymore. And I don't love HIIT training for most people. Just knowing now what I know about the stress response and how our body responds when it's under too much stress and exercise is still a type of stress. So I always recommend walking, strength training, something like Pilates or yoga. Those are kind of my go-tos. And then if you want to add like a couple hit sessions a week, by all means do so. But if you're not sleeping properly, you don't get to add hit. You absolutely do not get to add hit to your life schedule if you're not sleeping properly. Hit, you can only do if you're sleeping properly and you're fueling properly and you're recovering properly. So we'll get to food. But that's the other one. So we got sleep and we got movement. Simple, right? Like those are like, just kind of biological requirements. The next biological requirement is you got to eat. But what do you eat? (laughs) What do I eat? That's like the number one question I get. What do I eat? I don't know. What do you like? Whole foods. Whole foods is what I would suggest. But how you construct your diet is really going to depend on what works for your body and your preferences. Having a balanced plate is the first place to start. Is there a good quality protein source? Are there healthy fats? Is there a source of fiber? Is half your plate vegetables, fruits and vegetables? There should be a strong emphasis on fruits and vegetables. But whatever those are is going to depend greatly on what you like. You know, as far as like low carb, high carb, keto, I don't love keto. I also don't love high carb diets. Like I'm pretty moderate in my approach and I think it works well for most people. Keto, while it can have short-term benefits and like you can you can lose a lot of weight on keto, When you look at long-term studies, people usually gain the weight and it's not maintainable. It's a very strict diet. It's not not socially pleasant 
to eat a ketogenic diet. And a part of being healthy is finding balance and making sure that you're also enjoying food and enjoying the experience of eating with others. So if you're on a really restrictive diet that precludes you from going out and enjoying different foods that aren't on that meal plan, I think, in, I think it can have really detrimental effects to your mental well-being, which affects your physical well-being, of course. So I'd like to take a moderate approach to food. You know, there's a lot of scientific evidence that shows the Mediterranean diet is actually optimal for our health long-term, and that includes whole grains. So a lot of people are really against grains. I think grains can have a place in a healthy diet. But again, how much carbs you consume is really dependent on your physical makeup, your level of activity, your age, right? Like lots of different factors. So a six-year-old boy is going to require something different than a 90-year-old man, right? This is different. So you need to look at your activity level. And I would just assess how you feel. Like, do you feel really lethargic after you eat something? And there's probably something in there that your body didn't agree with, or you ate too much of it, or you ate too fast. But before we get like really complex in the food preparations that we do or the meal plans that we follow, let's take a step back and look at that foundational question. Like, can you have a balanced plate? Do you have a good protein source? Do you have lots of fruits and vegetables? Do you have a healthy fat, like something from avocados or nuts and seeds? Grass-fed beef is also a good source of healthy fat and a good source of protein. You know, then adding in those complex carbohydrates, like something like sweet potato or brown rice or quinoa or, you know, whatever your jam is, squash, whatever. Like, can you just have a whole balanced plate before you start like looking at all these you know weird combinations or food sensitivities or whatever I mean if you're going through a lot of distress and discomfort then I think you can add in looking at different food sensitivities but a lot of the time we just need to take a step back and simplify things and just focus on whole foods And when we also focus on whole foods, it means that there's a de-emphasis on processed foods. So cutting out processed foods can do wonders. Okay, what's the next step? Next foundation. So we we got sleep, we got movement, eating whole foods, pretty simple. Lots of really simple stuff, actually. Then we can start to get into a little bit more. Because we can add that. Now we can start to build up our house a little bit and really focus on some other foundational aspects, but building on to everything. So another thing that I would add and make sure that's also a foundational aspect is, are you drinking enough water? It's so simple. Like it's such a simple wonderful thing to do is to just drink water and majority of people just don't like how hard is it to get up in the morning and drink like 500 milliliters of water half a liter I don't think it's that hard but people just make it really hard did you know that if you drink water out of a bottle 
you're more likely to drink it than if you have to go and get water out of a glass. So have a bottle by you, but get your eight glasses of water in every single day, every day. Get that water in because you need it. Water is a health food. You don't need anything else. Water all day, every day. You can overconsume water, but majority of people don't. So that's another foundational aspect that I would do, that I would look at. And then we need to go into the other side because we've been, we've just been looking at the physical components of these foundational elements, but there's also social components and there's also psychological components. So the psychological components is taking care of our mental health. And that is also going to look different depending on who you are and what your jam is. For me, it kind of combines to the physical and the psychological is I like to walk and I like to walk outside. When we walk outside, we're actually engaging with our environment and it can help us relax more. So even in the presence of plants, our body can tap into that parasympathetic nervous system, that rest and digest system. The fractals in nature help to calm us down. These patterns found in nature, it's amazing. So if you can combine two of them, like going for a walk, which helps your mental health and your physical health, like bang, you kill two birds with one stone. So whatever your jam is, you have to take care of your mental health. Some people like to meditate. Some people like to pray. Whatever it is, if you're not doing as much for your mental health as you are for your physical health, your whole body is going to suffer because where the mind goes, the body follows. Our mind controls everything. And if we're not in a good headspace, you can't expect your body to be in a good headspace. Like think about when you get really mad at someone or when you're nervous. Like when I'm nervous, my stomach like gets affected. Well, I'm not the only one, right? Like when our when we're in a stress response, our digestion is inhibited because we don't we don't need our digestive system when our body is trying to mobilize other parts of our system to fight or flight or freeze. And that makes sense. So we need to make sure that we're controlling the amount of stress that's coming in or how we're perceiving it. And we can't control stress, but we can control our perception of it. And we can't control all of these stressful events But we can absolutely control all these self-imposed stressors that we put on our lives, which often contribute to the majority of stress that we experience. The thoughts that we have, the negative, automatic negative thought patterns that we develop. That's what causes us the most stress, not like this one thing. Yeah, that could have been stressful, but it's our perception of it. And if we continue to ruminate on it and then have these negative thoughts towards it, That's what creates this chronic stress that just never goes away. And it ends up wreaking havoc on our physical body. So whatever you need to do to get rid of those self-imposed stressors, maybe that's saying no. Maybe it's saying no. Like if you're a people pleaser and you want to be that yes person, but you're taking too much on, like you're spread so thin and you just keep like loading yourself more and more and more, 
you're going to create burnout. And when you're burnt out, trust me, your body does not work. And it is not going to work how you want it to. And it's best to create those healthy boundaries within yourself and be realistic of what you can give. It's so important. That is one way that you can really protect your mental health is to set clear boundaries. And then we have the social part of health. And this looks different again for everyone, but we need physical contact with people or at least some kind of contact with people. You know, this is why COVID has been so damaging over the last two years is the isolation people have experienced and the loneliness, which we know, we know not just from current research, but from past research, lots of research that loneliness is associated with increased risk for disease and an increased risk for mortality, early mortality. So it's imperative that you have a social group. If you feel lonely or isolated, that's going to affect other parts of your life. So making sure that you have high quality relationships that you're investing into is so important for these foundational concepts and aspects of our health. We have the physical, we have our emotional, and we have our social aspects of health. So each one needs to be taken into account when we're building this foundation. And after we have all of those things, then we can start adding more complexity But often, we don't really even need the complexity. And we overcomplicate everything. We just do this as human beings. We We think more is better. Maybe sometimes it is, but most times it's not. And we think, like, you got to reinvent the wheel. But, like, what if the wheel is really good? Like, what if the wheel you're using is really good? Like, why do you need to reinvent it? If things are going well, why do you need to change it? Do you feel you know, like just agitated or restless. And so you're trying to change this one thing. Or is that restless feeling caused from something else? And you don't really need to change that thing. You need to change your perception or your motivation or your purpose. Or do you get what I'm saying? We like to overcomplicate things and we just don't need to. And when we can get these foundational aspects in place, Everything really does fall into line. And the complexity, we can add it, we cannot add it, we can tweak it here and there. But regardless of where you are in your health journey, you're always going to come back to these foundations. When you're tired and you're feeling exhausted or burnt out, you're going to ask yourself, I wonder how my sleep has been. Maybe I'm not drinking enough water. Maybe I just need to go for a walk. Maybe you need to call a friend. I'm feeling a bit lonely. You know, like these are things that you can come back to time and time again that are available to everyone. Maybe I ate too much sugar today. Whatever it is. Start small. Because those small steps, I know it sounds cliche, like baby steps turn into big steps. or But they really do, right? Like you start small. My mom always says, How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And it's so true. When it comes to our health, we take one step at a time. We start small. And then eventually, all of those bites that we took, all those steps that we took, 
they turn into something really big and something that's sustainable. And there is no program and no way to short circuit the time that it takes to build that foundation. And that's what we really need to focus on. So as you can see, health really doesn't have to be complicated. We like to overcomplicate things because that's just what we like to do. And we always have to think to ourselves, how can I just take a step back and make things a little bit more simple? Because it makes your life less stressful when you simplify things. And it's really these foundational concepts that we need to focus on in order to be healthy in the first place. And once we get all of that laid down, then we can start to add more complexity, like I said. So let's focus on first sleep, movement, whole foods, taking care of your mental health, and making sure that you have high quality relationships that you are sowing into cover all those bases and then build on from there. Get your foundation built before you start building anything else. That's it for today. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode and you took some little nuggets of wisdom along with you. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you gained better insight into how you can be the healthiest version of yourself that you can be. Make sure to stay tuned for future episodes by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes. And please leave me a review if you love the show, as that is how we get this message of better health out there. You can also follow me on Instagram at what the health lifestyle, where I post health and wellness content daily. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Have the most amazing day. And always remember, you are powerful over your health.